Lord, would you open our heart and our vision this morning that we would seek what defines us, that we would know what our identity is. Speak to us now in your word, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A few weeks ago, uh, Heidi brought home that movie, Overcomer. And that scene uh, really spoke to my heart. And I guess it maybe is something I've been uh, wrestling with the last eight months or so since COVID, since the, all the upheaval the pandemic, the, the racial problems, the lawlessness, the political discussions. And I, I've had to ask myself, who am I? Really, who am I? In today's passage, it's found in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Uh, we're going to cover verses 1 through 12. Basically, it is the Thessalonians describing who he, Sylvanus or Silas, and Timothy, who they are and what they're all about. This is probably uh, the first book of the New Testament written. You know, we need to remember that these early churches, these, this church in Thessalonica, These people did not have the New Testament. They did not have the written uh, word. They had uh, the Jewish uh, believers had the the law and the prophets. And the Greek, the the Gentile Christians really had nothing except what come and taught them. And so Paul is then reminding them to encourage them to, to... Uh, deal with some issues that they were having. And in these verses, he describes who he is and what he's all about. And then he tells them, and uh, last week Doug covered it, uh, verse 6 in chapter 1, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. And 1 Corinthians 11, once Paul writes, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, you yourselves know. Chapter 2, verse 2, as, verse 5, as you know. Verse 9, you remember. Verse 10, you are witnesses. Verse 11, for you know. Paul is not bragging here. He's reminding them what he and Timothy and Silas were all about. And who Jesus Christ is and the gospel of God, what it's all about and the truth of it. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we have already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of conflict. Paul is declaring to them that he came not on top of the world, he came from prison. He was beaten up, he was He was maligned, he was 
he was hurting when he came. But his intent was to declare the gospel in the midst of much conflict. I don't know, those verses, those words just stood out to me. Are we in the midst of much conflict? I think that's a pretty simple answer to that. And the question for myself, and I've been mauling in my heart and mind, am I more interested in participating in the conflict or more interested in declaring the gospel? Do I lay awake at night worrying about my 401k, about the freedoms that I have to fail or to succeed, the freedom to gather to worship and half of us gather to worship, the economy, that my health. What, about, what happens if COVID, if, if our farming off COVID is in the middle of harvest? Should I wear a mask? Shouldn't I wear a mask? Should I? Just this, this upheaval and conflict. Am I my main concern to declare the gospel? Timothy Keller said, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. And anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. And I would propose to you this morning that only God can give a passes understanding. Only God can give a joy that transcends our circumstances. That only God can give a hope that no matter how dark the future looks, He brings light into our souls. And so I've questioned. I've questioned the the nation that I have grown up in and know, the freedom and the churches that I, the church that I have attended, has that become an idol in my life? More than the gospel of God. See, back in the Exodus, the people were complaining and God sent fiery serpents to bite them and people were dying and Moses, God commanded Moses to put a brass serpent on a pole in the middle of the desert, and whoever looked on that would live. And Jesus in John 3.14 says, he refers to himself being lifted up as that servant, as that serpent. It was a good thing. It was God designed. God gave it for, to save the people's lives. And yet, hundreds of years later, and they count in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, the people were the serpent, and it was destroyed. God-given, but it had become an idol. Paul said, in the midst of conflict, God has given me the boldness to share the gospel. Going on with verse 3, for our appeal does not spring from error and purity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved to God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. 
For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. Not from error, not from impurity, and not in an attempt to deceive. See, there is... And, and no different than today, obviously, but in this time there's a lot of philosophers, a lot of, you know, you might say traveling gurus coming in with new teachings and new, new ideas and new philosophies and, and speaking half-truths and teaching false truths. Paul says, not made-up truth, God's truth. And not God like we would like it to be. The good, the bad, and the ugly. See, sometimes and it's really easy to preach a gospel that's just the good, the good side. Oh, Jesus forgives us all. Jesus died on the cross, save us from sin. And we cheapen it. I remember back in high school in literature class, the teacher, one of the, the things we, we studied was uh, a sermon by Jonathan Edwards titled, Hands of an Angry God. And I remember, I specifically remember the teacher talking about, oh, this was, you know, back in those olden days when God, you know, was this angry beast. God is holy. And God is just. And we deserve punishment. Paul gave it all. Paul didn't water down his message. Not from impurity. And actually that in the Greek, those words have a sensual connotation. In other words, not, not to because uh, of my fleshly desires. And not in an attempt to deceive. Not in an attempt to bring less than the complete truth. See, we need to give the whole gospel. And the whole gospel starts with the law. And we're guilty. And we're condemned to eternal damnation. But Jesus, in his great mercy, took that damnation on the cross. And in his mercy and grace, saves us. But you know, if all we teach is mercy and grace, it becomes cheap, it becomes worthless. In fact, I would say by very definition, you cannot have mercy and grace without law and punishment. Otherwise, it wouldn't be. Mercy and grace. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Who am I? Who am I this morning? What defines me this morning as I stand up here? Paul was very clear what defined him in the truth of God and to bring God's the glory, not himself. himself. 
Not words of flattery. Not pretext of greed. Not to seek glory from people. See, Paul didn't really care what people thought of him. If they were going to throw him in jail, so be it. If they were going to ridicule him, if they were going to beat him, because it's not what people thought, it's what God desired. The message does not change. I was recently... uh, reading an email of someone that talked about we, we place too much emphasis on individual salvation. It's more of the group, you know, kind of the village or whatever. And in the context that this person is in, that sounds really is received very well. But I wonder, is that the truth? I wonder what I'm living and preaching. Got to keep rolling because my wife's going to come up here and shout fire at 12 o'clock. So be, being affectionately desirous of you, We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses in God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers." See, Paul not only shared the gospel, he shared himself. Some of us older ones remember Walt Meyer, who's the elder of our church, kind of right at the tail end when uh, we built this new church. He was still uh, with us. And there's one impact that he uh, put on this building, if you've ever noticed the, the wording above the, the middle doors, as you come in to the sanctuary, says worship. And the wording on, above the doors as you leave says depart to serve. Paul was in complete service to these people. He could have at least asked for room and board and he didn't even do that. He worked night and day. Are we willing to serve others? Who are, who are you? Really, who, who are you? What defines you? Going back to verse 7, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own And then we go to 11, for you know how like a father with his children we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now there's a whole sermon on the roles of fathers and mothers here and we're not going to get into that, but uh, that isn't just Western culture, that actually is God-designed. 
gentle as a nursing mother, knowing that they were vulnerable. He did as a father exhorting and encouraging and charging them to walk in a manner worthy of God. Recently, and I, I don't know that even know the context or who or what, I heard, was listening to a conversation on, on the radio, and they were talking about raising children, and the person said, I'm not raising children, I'm raising adults. I'm teaching, I'm nurturing children, but I'm teaching adults. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. We want to have believers that mature and grow and become adults in the Lord, subject to, to the waves of the moment, not to be offended when we sing the wrong song or we wear masks or not wear masks, or, but, to, but who calls you to, to walk in a manner worthy of God? to declare the gospel of God. Is that who I am? Verse 2, to declare the gospel. Verse 4, entrusted, entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Verse 8, not on, share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves. And verse 9, proclaim to you the gospel of God. Could I ask you to really look into your heart and into your life and ask the question, who am I? Who will I be the day after the election? Who will I be when I get the bad doctor's report? Who will I be when my investment disappears? Who will I be when tragedy strikes? Let's pray. Lord, my prayer is that I would find my identity in you. That who I am is I'm a child of the most holy God who cares for me and wants to, me to mature and walk in a manner worthy of the great salvation that you have mercifully granted to me. Dismiss us with your peace, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.